1: This is Chef Emily Peterson, host of Sharp and Hot. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. listening to Let's Get Real, the cooking show about finding, preparing, and eating food on Heritage Radio Network with me, Erica Wides, your host. And uh, today, down here in the Fallout Shelter, uh, we have another guest. It's been quite a season so far because, you know, for like the last seven years, you've just been listening to me sitting here by myself talking, and all of a sudden, we've had all these guests. Now, we don't have our new co-host, Emily Peterson, because unfortunately, she is home with her child who's puking. All day, Um, and so as a mother, I guess you actually have to attend to a puking child. Although I feel like my parents didn't, but that's another story. So instead, today we have um, my friend and teacher and coach, Peter Michael Marino. Hi, 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 Pete. Hello. Hi, welcome to the phone. Not puking today. No, you're not puking. Although you said you had three genotonics last night.
2: Hey, that that was supposed to be off the air. I did. I don't know what happened. I, I just had the word a gin in my gin. mind, and then somehow I was at a show, and I was like, "Yeah, let me get one." And then they were like, "Oh, it's on the house."
1: Oh, <laughs> well, there you go. actually,
2: uh, the guy went to make my gin and tonic, and I didn't. I just like gin tonic, mm-hmm. and then he he you know reached into some well under the bar. Right. For and the I was cheap like, gin? Ah, no, I think it's the is don't ever drink house gin. Oh, really? So then I drank it, and I was like, well, if it's bad, I, the next one I'll, I'll go to Hendrix or something.
1: Mm, I like Hendrix.
2: And then uh, I stay, stayed with it because uh,
1: you were okay. it's delicious. You showed up here today. I'm here. You look good. You're a little hoarse, but, you know, <laughs> you talk a lot.
2: So. I do.
1: For a living. Um...
2: That's debatable.
1: (laughs) What, that it's a living? Yeah. Oh, yeah, join the club. It's not anymore. I don't make any money doing anything. we
2: have to get into movies or television shows, and then we'll make money doing radio spots. Exactly. And people have to start listening to the radio.
1: Yeah. Well, this isn't actually terrestrial radio. This is internet radio.
2: Well, those are big words, but... um, (laughs)
1: <laughs> you know terrestrial <laughs> i
2: think that people in their cars would listen to an actual radio station that I had do. to have commercial breaks that were at paid for by advertisers
1: oh like in the old days and i
2: feel like now people are just like oh listen to a podcast
1: yeah right i still listen to real radio all all day well you're not zone.
2: helping me pay my rent Erica. no i'm
1: sorry well i have done a couple radio voiceover spots for commercials. Now
2: you're just showing off.
1: But that's it. The last one was like two and a half more, almost three years ago. I haven't booked a voiceover spot in years, so. Sorry, dear bad.
2: listener. We're really, we're really having a bad time.
1: We're having a great time with our guests today. As we talk on today. the radio. We were already four minutes into it. We haven't even really. Anyway, let me introduce my guest today, Peter Michael Moreno. Oh, boy. Yeah. So I met you. I met Pete. Um, because I took a class, two classes, at the Pit. People's improv theater called Flying Solo, and you were teaching it. I was, and I took level one, and I loved it. So I took level two. You did, and I loved it. And I did my shows with you. And now you run SoloCom, yeah. which I got into. Yay! Yeah. So I'm really doing a food, I'm show, a food show. A food show, all things. Yes, I know. Funny that <laughs> <laughs> food-related show, um, which will be in November, November twentieth, two o'clock at the Pit Underground. That's my time slot. Um, but SoloCom is four days.
2: It is this Starts year
1: Thursday night, right? Yeah, that's amazing.
2: Yeah, it's big as 130 shows. Oh my god! Um, 99% of them are world premiere solo comedies. That's amazing. The other one percent are uh, really rich. Uh, really rich. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but oh, um, boom! Uh, they're, uh, we're doing. Uh, so, uh, folks are doing encore shows. Uh, a select few. were oh, okay. We're invited to come back and do shows they've already done. And
1: there are some people who are very well known. In it, people who you know. I think so. You, I'm well known. Uh,
2: Adam Wade.
1: I don't know who that is.
2: Adam Wade. He's one of the. He's one of the. Best storytellers in New York oh, City. I think.
1: Okay, I'm sure I've heard of him. Yeah. Yeah, and um um um.
2: Who else is it? Penny. Name?
1: Is Penny Arcade. No, not in it.
2: No. Penny Arcade, no. No, not Penny.
1: That's not who I'm thinking of. Polyester. Polyester. <laughs> she's, uh, I
2: think she might be uh, infamous. I've heard of her. In Canada. Infamous. But.
1: Uh, in Canada.
2: Yeah, she's from Canada. I
1: know, but that's like, oh yeah, I have a girlfriend in Canada. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <You> <laughs> I really you like know her. You wouldn't know. You didn't yeah. know her. It's a great name. I think it sounds like a name you think you know. Maybe. She she's she's I, like I mean, she's not like a John Waters character.
1: No, that was the movie polyester. Correct.
2: Uh thank you. That that's gonna help our listeners. Um no she's got a really time. great show about uh discovering the world of Star Trek. Oh uh, and uh how she became like like obsessed overnight with Star Trek wow. having never known anything about it and now uh, and then that sort of ties in with her um, battle with uh, alcohol, oh, and then being a you know a twelve step. I don't know how many steps there are nowadays. Yeah, she's a recovering alcoholic, okay. and uh, and how she sort of found her tribe uh, of, of, of uh, people wow. like her uh, in the Star Trek community. That there's many, there are many, many people who are
1: Trekkies in recovery. Absolutely. So they they traded their alcoholic addiction to start for a Star Trek addiction. I think it's
2: uh, set somewhat healthier. Set phasers on stun.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Beam me up, know. Scotty. There's no gin down Beam here. Beam me up,
2: Scotch. I mean, Scotty. <laughs>
1: okay. Well, anyway, so how how many of the shows are food or food-related other than mine? And there's that baking one.
2: Well, the one that's paired up with yours is uh, someone's doing like a Martha Stewart character type right. thing. Right, and she
1: makes bread. Right?
2: Uh, no, that's another oh. show. Oh, okay. That's a two-hour show because it takes oh, a yeah. long time to bake bread. Uh, that's, uh, that's Darcy Burke's show, which is um, about how she... F- Discovered uh, making bread because she had to. She was a caretaker for her sick mom and
1: oh, was something basically to.
2: stuck at home. Needed something to do, and mm-hmm. she found her salvation in um, in bread.
1: Bread making can be very therapeutic. She
2: originally pitched the show. Uh, she got whatever she wanted because she's one of these uh, encore mm-hmm. people. But um, uh, she originally pitched the show as three hours long oh God. because she needed time for the bread to rise.
1: Yeah, I well.
2: said, well. What the hell are you going to do during that whole time? Tap dance? So I think she's going to prep. Tell jokes? It'll come in pre-risen, perhaps. Oh, okay. People will do maybe practice sessions of kneading Yeah, just learning
1: how to make it. But
2: they're actually going to be baking the bread in in, in the venue. Yeah, you
1: said you have to get a bunch of toaster ovens. Yeah. That's wacky. It's a festival. It's a festival. Anything goes, right? Yeah. So hers and mine and the Martha Stewart parody.
2: There might be more might about be more.
1: food. Just, there's so many you can't, I can't. Can't, can't keep track. No. But mine is audience interactive, hands-on. Yeah. The psyche of your salad. Yeah. Or right now, that's what I'm calling it. To be determined.
2: Sure. That's You're my working title. Psyche of the salad? The psyche
1: of your salad.
2: Psyche of your salad. Oh, I'll play around with that.
1: Yeah, we'll see. Something like that. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of bread.
2: Oh, uh, great segue. Thank you. I can't eat it.
1: You can't eat it because you are officially legit diagnosed.
2: I am full blown a celiac. Celiac
1: sprue.
2: Celiac sprue. Although, when I was diagnosed in 1997, uh, it was uh, my sister. I mean, I had gone to a lot of doctors. You know, I, I'm a. Five foot ten guy, I weighed 135 pounds. Oh, <clears throat> I thought that was normal. Um, I had to have a little hernia surgery. You know, they run blood. They're like, you have no vitamins or iron in your system. Mm-hmm. You're terribly anemic. Uh, and I had been trying to gain weight uh, because when you're whatever age I was then, 30, 28, 29, you're like, oh, I want to bulk up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so I was like forcing myself to eat pasta and bread and I never ever liked that stuff Um, so I was really like by the time my results came my my sister who's a holistic chiropractor in Long Island had looked through some books and said you should get tested for this thing called non-tropical sprue Hmm. Well, that sounds awesome.
1: It's like something you catch on sprint. Gilligan's Island, except you is get it like in the fjords of Norway because it's non-tropical. <laughs> no,
2: that's yeah, right. That, it wouldn't be Gilligan's Island. Well, it was not tropical Gilligan because it was on a soundstage. But anyway, um, <laughs> back to reality. Um, yeah. So, long story longer. Uh, my doctor at St. Vincent's, when the blood results came in and the, the upper endoscopy results came in, he was like, "You are a perfect example of a celiac." Hmm. So uh, you can't eat what did they what what did it used to be rowboats I think or something R- rye oats, oats barley wheat wheat barley barley maybe it's just robe I don't know but like you had to keep telling I had to keep like rye. that mantra going like don't yeah, eat that, wheat, don't eat that don't rye, eat that
1: rye oats barley spelt and,
2: there was there wasn't really the internet in nineteen ninety. Not really.
1: There was, but only really like nerdy. It was people. Like,
2: like AOL. Beep, 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 beep. Yeah, or like
1: <sighs> people like cool people, not me.
2: So so me and maybe five other people. <laughs>
1: not me. Were, had the internet? Um, I dated someone in like ninety five who was like emailing and like doing stuff, and I was like, wow, what? Is, like, what is that? What are you doing? Why
2: do Why do we even need that? Yeah, you can't just call. call. Someone. Well, that's even yeah. now. Yeah. Why do we need it? Um, so anyway, yeah, I mean, luckily my, my, my cousin Tina Newman is a, is a nutritionist, so mm. I remembered like leaving St. Vincent's and going to a payphone phone and yeah. calling Mind her and order. going, I have this thing, what do yeah. I do? She's like, I'll help you through it. Go buy rice cakes.
1: <laughs> rice cakes are like the worst thing. Oh rice.
2: no, with chicken salad on them, they're so good.
1: Yeah, but well, with the protein and fat, they're fine, but on their own. People used to, in the like low-fat days, people would just eat rice cakes, but they just raise your blood sugar like crazy. Great. Sorry to ruin things for you. That's what happens when people visit me here in the fallout shelter is I ruin everything for them. Basically.
2: <laughs> Tell me what, why I should not be drinking this coffee. No, no, don't. Coffee's fine. Okay. Oh, coffee's fine. Coffee's fine. Okay. Good. No, 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 no. Uh, yeah.
1: Anyway, so you were diagnosed 97. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a cousin who's married to a woman. She was diagnosed when she was three. Like they figured it out really early on with her.
2: So she's... She's young. She's a young person.
1: She's like 35. Oh,
2: wow. Yeah. I mean, that's like, yeah.
1: She grew up in California. So maybe they know Mm. these things more there. Um, And she's really tiny. She's like a teeny, tiny, petite person. Because I think.
2: That's what I was. Yeah. I was the fattest baby born the day I was born. (laughs) I mean, that's like literally what I'm known for in that hospital. (laughs) Um. What I'm known. Wait, weren't for. we
1: born in the same hospital? High. High. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But I was during,
2: I was born during the blackout of '65.
1: Oh. oh, I'm 67. Yeah, I was in the summer of love, but um, November.
2: I was in the. I was in the fall of darkness. Wow. <laughs> we've
1: come.
2: We've come a long way, yeah, Erica. Sort of. And
1: <laughs> here we are underground. But
2: yeah, I was always like the the scrawniest, tiniest kid kid I was a fat kid but tons of energy so that didn't make any sense but also like I think well I think like very moody you -hmm. know um I mean I kind of attribute some of my early behavior like college especially and and like right after that in New York of I mean you and I are both sort of snarky people and people like love us Mm -hmm. for that or hate it but um (laughs) Yeah. I kind of, like, would, like, really get very frustrated and angry. And, and, and I never got sad, though. But um, I, I I know now it's because, like, I had no serotonin levels, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, you know, when you're in college, you drink a lot of beer. Yeah. And so I, you know, tried to keep up with the guys and drank yeah. beer. And I would just inevitably, like, go home early and From lay in bed, like, in bed, like, going, yeah. oh, God, what is this horrible, horrible pain? and when i went on the gluten free diet it didn't take long maybe 3 weeks i was like oh my gosh this is what people feel like? this is actually what people feel like sure this is great i thought everybody walked around with you know bloated stomachs and gas and and you right. know Constant moodiness misery. and mm-hmm. yeah no it was like a revelation so i was like yeah. ah. you know i remember my cousin saying like you need from now on you need to think of gluten the way you think of rat poison wow so like Would you ever have, like, just a taste of rat poison?
1: Maybe. You really wouldn't.
2: If it was on a a big, shiny, you know, donut, maybe you might go, oh, it's a little rat poison. But, like, that really stuck with me. Yeah. And, um.
1: But it's, like, public enemy number one for you.
2: Yeah. Like, I. I want to say I don't cheat. I don't cheat. I, like, I'll never just go, let me have a, I need to have a bite of that cookie. But I will eat french fries at a pub. That I know, or
1: oh, the fryer might have had, yeah, like batter.
2: I don't, it just I've done it enough that it, I just know it doesn't, hmm. it doesn't, I don't feel troubled by it, right? And I don't do it on a daily basis, Because right. I don't eat fried food on a daily basis, but, um, yeah, I that's as far as I'll go with cheating. Mm-hmm. I've remember accidentally I went to some Mexican joint where normally you're like, I'll be fine, it's Mexican, it's all corn, and I had some kind of corn. It wasn't, like, cornbread, but it was, like, a cornbread-type Mexican product. <laughs> and um, I was seeing a show with the Joyce that night, and, uh, yeah, 15 minutes in, I was like, like oh. oh, no, this is bad, bad. And uh, I think just because of my own, like, uh, physiology, uh, I get feverish instantly. Hmm. Like, I have bad allergies, I get a fever. So that particular incident, I was, like, feverish, and I thought, oh, I have the flu, and then you know, then I called the restaurant, and they were like, oh, no, there's flour in that corn product.
1: Yeah. <sighs> yeah, well, some, like, cheaper brand corn tortillas have flour in them. You have to really read the labels.
2: You really do. On
1: things, because there's, like, there's wheat in everything.
2: In the U.K., it's really hard to find any kind of corn tortilla that yeah. doesn't have wheat. I think even, like, Doritos over there,
1: have, have wheat
2: in that's them so or I had when I first started going over there.
1: Huh. That's freaky.
2: are much. I do a lot of work in the UK. I right. mean, a, a, and they're so far advanced in food labels and
1: yeah. Well, the European Union has much stricter. Much they have to label GMOs. They have to do all kinds of stuff that we don't do here because yeah. they're not you know held in the vice grip balls of the USDA who are in bed with all the food companies. So, like that's what it's all about here. It's like the food companies don't want to. Let the USDA label stuff because they don't want people to know what's in their food. Ugh. Whereas there, the European Union like overrides all that stuff. So
2: yeah, yeah.
1: they're much stricter. Very
2: easy to eat there, but I think yeah. they're also more accommodating. To I mean, almost every restaurant there is yeah. like has gluten free options.
1: But it's so interesting because I had um, I spent a lot of time in London like in the eighties, and I had a good friend Rob who. Um, he had all those symptoms. I mean, he he was diagnosed potentially with intestinal candida, which was like a big thing in the eighties to talk about having. But he had all of it: the bloating, the gas, you know, all of it. Super skinny, like um, skin issue, you know, all this classic celiac stuff. So so did his sister, and so they diagnosed his sister as having it. She was like the first person I ever knew. Mm. She had the same thing, but. They, like, never di- diagnosed him. I'm not even sure why. Like They never said, like, oh, maybe you have it, too. I don't know. It was really weird. But she, at the time, was diagnosed. And back then, like, there was, you know, there was no awareness. It was like here, too. Like, there was just no awareness, nothing. I don't know. I lost touch with him. There's no real point to that story, except that I think their entire family may have had it. Because they all sort of had those same symptoms. My whole
2: family went and got tested yeah. right away. Yeah. Because we true. assumed it was in the family, and I, I sort of my theory is that it's on my the Dutch side of my mother's mm. family. Mm. Uh, yeah,
1: yes, yeah. that's what I think. So, um, anyway, uh, so you were diagnosed, and then like, do you feel like? Because I I always like to ask people who are funny about how their food lives or childhood food experiences whether if or how that informed your comedy and your writing and your performing like because mine certainly you know my performance and my comedy is all about food yeah so for me like it's like what else would inform it but maybe not for everybody
2: it's kind of surprising that i've never done a one-man show about having celiac yeah. disease Desperately i mean I've, seeking
1: I've, the gluten I've, free
2: i've i've toyed with the idea of like trying to like position celiac disease as like a terrible life-threatening disease you know the way a lot of solo shows are about a traumatic experience yeah, or sure. breast a, a, cancer breast cancer yeah. or, you know ms it's something. something yeah right. yeah yeah um <laughs> but yeah my heart's really not in it um
1: i mean it's not like it's like i mean it, i guess it can be life-threatening but you can certainly work around it actually somebody i worked with um, his daughter went undiagnosed for a really long time and wound up having to get a liver transplant.
2: Well, yeah, if it's, if it's yeah. undiagnosed or if it's diagnosed and you don't follow the diet, it yeah, definitely can be uh, yeah. life-threatening. Yeah, you're, she almost died. You're, you're putting your small intestine through torture yeah. every single day, which makes it weak, yeah. which is going to lead to all sorts of possible problems. Cancer, for for example. Yeah.
1: She, uh, she um, had a liver transplant. I
2: read somewhere along the line that a lot of celiacs... Uh, have uh, night blindness. Wow. And I've always had night blindness. That's like so I'm the, I'm the guy in the show that drives the stage manager. I need glow tape everywhere. <laughs> I, I will fall see. off a stage. I'll walk into walls, but I, I literally have no, yeah, I, I guess something in the development of your whatever right. cones or whatever that do that. If you don't have the right vitamin, yeah. it's really not going to develop properly. Um, so do
1: you not drive at night?
2: I actually try not to drive at night. No, yeah, you're right. Don't do it.
1: So interesting. And actually, when I was teaching at ICE, at the big culinary school, two pastry and bread instructors both were diagnosed. Two people who had, like, their lives were baking and pastry. And um, one of them um, just got out altogether, and she went to work in the office instead. And one of them kept teaching, but she wouldn't teach the bread rotation at all. She would only teach... Like the confectionery and decorating and stuff like that, because she couldn't be around it. And she's actually gone on to open a very successful gluten-free bakery. Well,
2: that would be the logical step, yeah, I think. Called Whipped Pastry Boutique. I mean, when I was first diagnosed, like there was like major warning stuff, like don't be in a bakery.
1: Yeah. Well, she can't even be in the room, like she can't be around flouring, really breathing it in or getting it on her skin. Really.
2: Symptoms. See, that's. I mean, I guess it makes sense. I'm. I must admit, I'm skeptical that a hand lotion that has gluten in it is going to find its way into my small small intestine. intestine. But um,
1: but maybe because she worked with it and was so immersed in it for so long, she has this like hypersensitivity. I would
2: literally get hate mail right now from celiacs listening to this for saying that. (laughs) Probably. So it's okay. But I think it does.
1: I I get hate mail. I think I
2: need to be aware of like that. Yeah, stuff you put like your skin is an organ and stuff that yeah. you put on your skin is blah la blah, la blah, la. Blah. Yeah. Um, I mean I'm I'm checking the ingredients of lip balm. I mean, yeah, I guess so because yeah. I'm you know, licking that yeah. stuff. Yeah,
1: I mean she couldn't even be neither of them could be in the baking kitchens anymore when there was any bread baking going on. And even with a lot of the regular like pastry stuff they couldn't be, which is pretty crazy.
2: I'm having a I've always I guess had a hard time understanding why uh, a gluten-free product is like sometimes triple the price. Yeah,
1: well, just because, because
2: doesn't isn't rice sort of the cheap? same price or cheaper yeah. than wheat? Yeah, and isn't rice is the right. base? I mean, so you're throwing in some tapioca flour. Maybe that's rare. I just did air quotes for I know, people listening because we're on the
1: radio. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
2: does that work? I just
1: yeah
2: tapioca. Well, it's like when
1: like... you do voiceover, they tell you to use your hands a lot yeah, to yeah, emphasize, yeah. even right. though nobody knows.
2: Right, can see um, them. But it's, it's, you know, in the beginning, I mean, it was like, well, this is a specialty thing. So, of course, we're going to make it more expensive because people yeah. need it.
1: It's like when we switched to unleaded gas, but you could still get regular or unleaded. Remember that? And the unleaded costs more. <laughs>
2: no. You don't remember that? No. Like in the
1: 80s when there was both? Not really. You had to pay more for unleaded. <laughs> no. Yeah. And also, like, it used to be if you wanted, de- like, brewed decaf, not senka. The brewed decaf was more. Oh my like goodness. in the diners. It's, you grew up on Long Island. You know, you know the diners.
2: Yeah. I didn't drink coffee or drive, oh. so that explains that.
1: I didn't really either, but it costs more.
2: Um, the, the uh, you know, like the Cheerios, they went gluten-free. Yeah. I'm, I still don't eat them regularly. I, I have to admit, there's, I still, when I eat Cheerios, I get, hmm. I feel a little squishy. Really? For lack of a better word. But, um Uh, They didn't raise their prices because they went gluten-free.
1: Well, now it's so mainstream that I don't think
2: they would. But if you get a specialty gluten-free cereal, Oh, yeah. Nature's Path or something, it's just going to be like, really, $7 for cereal? Yeah,
1: I don't eat cereal. I'm totally opposed to all breakfast cereal. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's a big issue for us here in the shelter. We don't do cereal.
2: You just don't like it.
1: I don't believe in it. Okay. Breakfast cereals came about as a way for the food industry to unload surplus grain, like tons and tons and tons of surplus grain. Uh-huh. And it's so highly processed and sugary and not good for you that I can't support the breakfast cereal industry. Like sure. It's a terrible thing and people shouldn't really be eating it.
2: What about, do you support the dessert cereal <laughs> industry like <laughs> like i don't mind having a bowl of
1: like late at night as dessert yeah that's totally fine
2: okay yes you just don't think that you should start the day you
1: shouldn't start the day and you shouldn't give it to your children because it's just a big bowl of sugar and even if it's a non low sugary cereal it's still such highly processed grain that they're basically just mainlining so sugar.
2: bob's red mill steel cut
1: oats that's a different story
2: ah so if it's been processed if into something called cereal. processed
1: into, like, if it's made of flour, any mm. kind of flour, mm. you know, and it's had, like, all the nutrients stripped out of it. And then you know how they, like, with 10 added vitamins and minerals. They have to add all that back in because it's so processed sure, to strip just it all out. out. And when you add those synthetic <laughs> vitamins back into things, nobody really knows how those interact in your body because yeah. they're not integral to the food itself. Right. So I am just very opposed to like all processed food. So then you have to have food. a
2: gummy vitamin to get Exactly, but the gummy vitamin. You can't really vitamins. don't eat gummy stuff anymore cuz then they showed on the internet.
1: Well, they're made how out of gelatin. Made, so, I mean yeah. anything made of chewy gelatin is terrible, <sighs> disgusting. But seriously, gummy, I'm also totally opposed to taking vitamins unless you have some sort of medical condition like you where you can't absorb particular things, mm. but I don't think anybody should take vitamins if they're healthy. They should just eat real food. Mm. Including kids. And I grew up eating Flintstones vitamins. Sure, yeah. You know. So, there are a lot of things like that that I'm very, like, I take a very strong stance against. Militant. I'm a little militant that way. Because, I, because we're so manipulated by the food industry, who are in turn manipulated and in cahoots with the government and the USDA, because it's all about this surplus grain.
2: We're manipulated by every industry.
1: We are. But... There's so much regular, non-processed packaged food out there, which is what people have been eating for thousands of years. But because we've had a 100 years of processed food and advertising, Mm. we all believe what we're told and we were we've been told for 80 years now we should eat cereal in the morning mm. for breakfast because the cereal industry created that it's mm-hmm. like orange juice you shouldn't drink orange juice orange juice is like mainlining sugar it's one mm. of the worst things you can ingest
2: even if there's vodka in it
1: that's a different story
2: uh-huh. i love the way you think erica <laughs>
1: that's a different story things like cocktails snacks treats that's a different story but you know when i went off to college i was would go I, there was, I went to college in the city so we had to like get our food out you know, on the street and I would eat like a bagel and cream cheese and a pint of Tropicana and I got so fat and so sick that year I gained like 18 pounds and became pre-diabetic because I was drinking a pint of orange juice every morning and a bagel and I got really sick very opposed to all of that uh, we haven't taken a break yet <laughs> the show's almost over so let's take a quick break and then we're going to come back and actually talk about other things we'll be right back
0: Music in this break is courtesy of our former intern Malcolm, gone but not forgotten. Stay tuned.
1: Welcome back to Let's Get Real, the cooking show about finding, preparing, and eating food on Heritage Radio Network. Hey. We have a guest in the fallout shelter today, Peter Michael Marino. Hi. All three names. <laughs> I never know, you know. usually use all three.
2: Peter Michael. Oh, it's union stuff. It's so stupid. Oh, okay. Someone once told me, uh, I, was, I was always intimidated by you. And I said, why? Because you have two first names.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
2: <Is that> crazy? <laughs>
1: People tell me they're intimidated by me, which I think is really funny because I think of myself as this like, you know, twelve-year-old ladybug.
2: You're totally intimidated. Really?
1: Yeah. That's so weird because I'm intimidated by everybody.
2: Well, it's like, uh, it's like you know, my favorite dog is the chihuahua. Yeah. Uh, well, dreamy. I've got. Oh, you haven't seen my new show, plug. But um.
1: No, I'm going next. I, week. I made an
2: observation about like on
1: Wednesday why
2: I love. I had a Chihuahua for a while, and I just I just felt a real connection to that mm. dog. And um, it's because they're like they're so small, and the world yeah. is so huge. That's how I but feel. The all only the time. way that they can feel like they can survive is to like gnash their tongue <laughs> and just let, let yeah. everyone know. So I think. That's how I feel. And oh. maybe it goes back to me being the smallest kid on the block and yeah, huh. not being able to defend myself. You know, my, my dad used to always say, with a mouth like yours, you're going to you're gonna get the shit beat out of you someday. Uh, that never happened because I was always able to talk my way mm-hmm. out of the fight.
1: Right. You could, like, <laughs> snark or be clever.
2: But I know a lot of people then, and probably now, would really love to just, you know, wail me in the face. Yeah, me too. And that's how people feel about chihuahuas. Yeah. So, viva I, la um, chihuahua.
1: I have always felt a very strong affinity with the dachshund, because they have very short legs.
2: Yeah, you're big on your short legs. I have legs. very
1: short legs. It's so freaky <laughs> You thing. were trying to
2: describe someone to me the yeah, other day, that and you are like, she has such long has legs. Big, I was like, oh, like a normal legs. person? No, her. she's
1: got like six foot but long legs. But to you,
2: because you're a chihuahua, because you're a dachshund, I'm a dachshund, you know, even a beagle has long legs.
1: It's true. I know. Metaphors okay. Metaphors
2: are stupid.
1: So, what did you eat in your house growing up? Was it like standard '70s canned soup kind of stuff? Was it more traditional stuff? And and second part of the question: How does that inform who you are today?
2: Mm. Uh, it was '70s food. I mean, I never liked like I never liked as, asparagus or beets because I we ate them out of a can. Yeah,
1: well, back then, vegetables were So, gross. like, when
2: in college, yeah. somebody made, like, a grilled asparagus. Yeah. I was like, I'm not t- just try. I'm not just... Yeah. I was like, that's what it tastes like? Right. That's good.
1: Well, um, it's that way with, like, Brussels sprouts and, and cauliflower. It was yeah. all disgusting back then. You know, like, I...
2: I can't, I mean, look, my parent, my mom, you know, we ate at five o'clock every night. F- family sit down. You know, you weren't allowed to watch. T- you know, it was like a real yeah, dinner. Us too. You talked about things and stuff. Right. And it was a full meal. You know, all the food groups are supposed to that right. you'd expect, you know. Um, but I know that, like, even now I'm just a huge consumer. Like, I just, you know, I'm sure I was just like, Mom, look, I'm craving rice a you know, so mom would make rice casserole mm-hmm. or, you know, Kool Aid, which yeah. was a treat. Yeah, you know, same we didn't with get us, that right. a lot. I don't feel like we got a lot of sugar um, cereal. Yeah, pancakes, yeah. waffles, yeah, like that too. kind of right. way to start the day. Yeah. Um, but um, it's weird how like now my whole family is. I, I mean, everybody in my family is much healthier than I am. Mm-hmm. You know <clears> what <throat> I mean? They really watch they do. what they eat all yeah. the time. Um, I mean, my sister's in the. She's a doctor, so.
1: Did your it's, mom uh, work outside the house?
2: Um, when I was a kid, no. No. So
1: she stayed home and she had time to cook and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same mine. And
2: we lived in a, a mother-daughter house, so my grandmother oh. lived downstairs, so oh. sometimes she would make yeah, food. Yeah, yeah. But you know, that was like kind of like uh, you know, we grew up in Glendale, so we'd kind of have like, uh, like German foods, I guess. You know, right. just like boiled a pot of <laughs> boiled things, boiled
1: food. <laughs> I love that
2: um, <laughs> pasta. We had lots of pa- Fun, like, huh? pasta you because know, my dad's Italian. Um, but you know, I'd go to like these big family you know Sundays at Aunt Marie's in Long Island, and we'd have a big pasta meal, and then I would be like. Yeah. I have to like go shit. lay down. Yeah. No, you can't. That's rude. You can't just go lay down. But I, you know, it just never nobody made any ever sense. Knew. Never yeah. made any sense. And my poor parents, you know, they, 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 went, they went through a real grieving process when I was diagnosed for themselves. I mean, they thought that they made these, how come we didn't know? We made right. all these huge mistakes, the you know? And like nobody knew guilt, exactly.
1: Guilt. Nobody knew. Yeah.
2: yeah. I didn't go through any grieving. I mean, the only thing I grieved was uh, Twinkies. Really? Come on.
1: Well,
2: Guilty pleasure. You know,
1: my thing was the devil dog as we I did I know. My well, believe show. me,
2: devil dog's pretty close, yeah. pretty high on yeah. the list. Yeah. And um, ironically, uh, grape nut cereal. I just
1: love really? that cereal.
2: Interesting. Uh, all bran. I loved that cereal. Yeah. Bran flakes. R- raisin bran. Those things are packed with gluten and wheat. And sugar. And I loved them. Oh, yeah. The Pasta. Didn't always love bread. Hated. Like,
1: That's so interesting. Really so it's like, like you knew. On some Your lab, body does know. You knew. That's all I wanted to eat growing up was like bread and pasta and anything starchy carby. I was like an, an addict. I mm. mean, it all went with my like crazy addiction. Um, let's talk about Solocom again for just a minute because we do have to go. It is the weekend of November, uh, November 17th, 17th through the 20th, and hundred and
2: thirty Or so. And this
1: is how many years now?
2: This is the fourth year. Wow. First year there were 65 shows. And you started
1: it. You created it.
2: I co-created it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Kind of like brought the idea to the pit and then we kind of figured out what it was and you know, um, there's quite a few solo show festivals in New York mm-hmm. and around the world and around the country, but there are none that are specifically comedy-based, and certainly none that are every show you see is a world premiere. Mm-hmm. So I think it's uh, it's I think it's what makes it an event. You know, it's what makes it exciting for your audiences. Yeah. It makes it exciting for the performer, and it's launched a, a, a hell of a lot of shows that just started there have gone on to you know years and years Bigger of touring. Things. So
1: and that's important to note that it is comedy. It's Exclusively yeah. comedy shows. Yeah, and I mean... And it's a lot of women. What did you say? 70%, 70% women. Yeah. I love that. We had that event the other night, like a mixer, and it was like all women.
2: I know. Well, I think women are more likely to come to a mixer, first of all. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, what I've seen is, you know, women uh, are more in touch with their emotions. So... They want That's to talk true. about them. We do. You know. Yeah, <laughs> in front of there, an audience. There it is. That, there that, it is. There it is.
1: Yeah, I suppose. Although men tend to be comedians more. Yeah. But in, more in the stand-up mode, not in the confessional, let me tell you about my tragic,
2: But it seems things. like more and more the the, 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 stand, the male stand-ups, at least, are... Um, starting to admit more things in their stand-up comedy. Yeah, like I'm in, flawed. You know? Yeah,
1: like the Louis C.K. model is all go. about. I'm flawed, and there let me go. tell you how f- my flaws... And, I yeah. mean, he's so revealing. It's, like, so intimate and personal. Yeah. You know?
2: I, I met a gal at the Mixer who was... Her show was about depression. She's like, I don't know oh, how I'm going to make my depression funny. And I was like, just Google Edinburgh comedy, depression. You'll find a thousand <laughs> Everything's clips. about depression. You'll find a thousand clips of great comedians who managed to, you know, be absolutely brilliant about their depression. They're probably
1: all on the pill because it just came out today, this huge study that the birth control pill causes depression.
2: Are men taking the pill now as well?
1: No, but they're... There's so many women around the world on the pill, and when you pee, you pee out the hormones. I knew
2: you were going to say that. You're going to go right to the pee,
1: and it gets into In the, the oceans, and it gets into the fish, and so all the fish we eat have high hormone levels, and so everybody's getting these levels. It's also of why there are less
2: fish because they can't get pregnant. Fish.
1: That's true, and also because their stomachs are full of plastic. But this is um, a
2: complete. This is everything I've said today is completely unscientific. Nothing yeah. is proven. And I just don't want any hate mail, but you can find me at Peter <laughs>
1: Well, I get plenty of hate mail. So don't not plenty, a few, but so don't worry about it because you know, I have strong opinions. Is that going to be
2: your next solo show?
1: All about my hate mail. About, I could, I could just, all about yeah, my hate all mail about is a great my hate title. Mail. You know, I was on chopped years ago mm. and, um, I got some crazy, crazy emails from people, not just hate. I got a lot of like, Oh, you were so great. We thought you were so funny. You should have won. But also a lot of like, you're a horrible, evil, C-word racist. Anybody who bitch.
2: takes time to compose that message is, is so far below you.
1: Yeah, and I
2: know it's hard to just let it right. go, yeah. but yeah, right. I just so uh, many
1: people said that I was racist because this there was four of us on the show and one was this black woman and she got chopped before me and in the interstitial interviews. You know, they're like, "Oh, what did you think of her name was Sunshine?" And I was like, "Well, her food kind of sucked." She had celiacs or claimed that she was, and she dredged her frog's legs in flour and served them. But her whole shtick was that she was the allergy chef, the mm. like gluten-free chef. So they were like, "We have to chop you because you just used flour." Mm. And she was like, "Well, I'm cooking for everybody, not me." And they're like, "No, you have to like be what you are and what you were about." And so in the interview, I was like, "Well, you know, she used flour." The emails I got that I was racist because I was like, "That's not racism. That's just she just like wasn't like practicing what she preached. Excuse me. And your name is Sunshine.
2: Don't do any more TV shows.
1: Yeah. Well,
2: I mean, unless they're hiring us to be on them.
1: Exactly. And paying us. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Well, anyway, we're way out of time here. Thanks so much for coming down to the shelter today. It's great talking
2: about food with you. You can
1: come on any time.
2: And by the way, you have great taste in wine as well.
1: Oh, you're welcome. You've
2: gifted me some really beautiful bottles of wine that I've I've written down the names of. And someday I will be able to afford them.
1: My pleasure. They weren't that much. Well. And half the class. Excuse me. Certain people from my class, you still owe me money, Alex. (laughs) Anyway. All right. He's tuned in. He's such a narcissist. Anyway, thanks, Pete. And um, thanks for listening to Let's Get Real, the cooking show about finding preparing and food on Heritage Radio. Thanks, Dave Tat, in the engineering room. And follow us on Twitter at Let's Get Real Show. We'll see you next week.